Hey guys, Brandon Harris, the Tattooed Conservative, coming back to you guys with Trump's attorneys. It is now the second impeachment, the fourth day, February 12th, and Trump's attorneys have come out swinging, guys. I just want you to take a quick listen. I'm highly impressed. I honestly didn't anticipate they were going to be this damn good. Um, but Trump's attorneys have just come out swinging here, guys. Take a listen. It's from the Supreme Court, Wood versus Georgia, and Bond versus Floyd expressly contradict the House managers' position. The House managers do not even cite those cases in their brief. They barely acknowledge them in their reply, and they were mum on them yesterday. In Wood versus Georgia, the Supreme Court addressed a case involving a sitting sheriff whose re-election was being investigated by a grand jury impaneled by a judge based on allegations of irregular Negro block voting. It was in the 60s. The sheriff spoke publicly in multiple press releases calling the grand jury investigations racist, illegitimate, and an attempt to intimidate voters. He even urged the grand jurors on how to decide the issues and not let its high office be a party to any political attempt to intimidate voters. The sheriff viewed the grand jury as challenging the legitimacy of his election. The sheriff even sent a letter to the grand jurors with these allegations, which is an extraordinary step since laws in most states, including Georgia, prohibit attempts to influence or intimidate jurors. The sheriff was charged and convicted of contempt of court and obstruction of the grand jury. But the Supreme Court, in a decision written by Justice Brennan, reversed. The court held that the First Amendment protected an elected public official's speech because the voting controversy directly affected the sheriff's political career. The petitioner was an elected official and had, read with me please, everybody. The petitioner was an elected official and had the right to enter the field of political controversy particularly where his political life was at stake. The role that elected officials play in our society makes it all the more imperative that they be allowed freely to express themselves on matters of current public importance. Wood thus stands for the proposition that a difference of political opinion expressed in the speech on an issue of voting irregularity cannot be punishable where all that was done was to encourage investigation and peaceful political speech. Just like Mr. Trump has done here, the legal scholars call that directly on point. A second case Bond versus Floyd involved a state legislature punishing an elected official for protected political speech. Bond is particularly instructive here too. In Bond, the Supreme Court squarely addressed the question of an elected official's punishment by a legislature for statements alleged to have incited public violation of the law, the burning of draft cards. The court 
unequivocally rejected the idea advanced here by the House managers that an elected official is entitled to no protection under the First Amendment. The Supreme Court held that the Georgia House of Representatives was in fact forbidden by the First Amendment from punishing Bond by not seating him for advocating against the policy of the United States. There are three fundamental holdings in Bond. One, the manifest function of the First Amendment in a representative government requires that legislators be given the widest latitude to express their views on issues of policy. Two, just as erroneous statements must be protected to give freedom of expression the breathing space it needs to survive, so statements criticizing public policy and the implementation of it must be similarly protected. Third holding, legislators have an obligation to take positions on controversial political questions so that their constituents can be fully informed by them and be better able to assess their qualifications. Please read along with me. Their qualifications for office. Also, so they may be represented in governmental debates by the person they have elected to represent them. Now, folks, this guy is just nailing it out of the park. He is barred in Illinois, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Amazing attorney. I'm highly, highly impressed with what he's been doing today. Let's stay tuned in. Guys, now we got to hear this part. So the Democrats want to impeach Trump. They're using inciting a riot to impeach Trump and inciting violence, even though they have literally nothing on the president. And now this is what's come back out just here in the last few hours. This has come back out swinging. And I've got to say, I'm, I'm really proud of our uh, attorneys that Trump has brought in. I'm really proud of the way things are going. But take a listen to this, guys. I'll be protesting the Republicans stand for law and order, and we stand for justice. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, maybe there will be. My administration will always stand against violence, mayhem, and disorder. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. I stand with the heroes of law So yeah, guys, you heard it right, right there at the impeachment hearing, Maxine Waters asking for violence. Oh, wait, what? I thought that was just a, a Trump thing everybody's going to blame Trump for, even though he was peaceful. Oh, wait a minute. Then we got Nancy Pelosi 
asking for violence and unsettling in the streets. We've got, you know, some of these people that are crying in Congress, uh, bawling in Congress, implicating they want to punch the president in the face, others implicating they want him dead, others implicating that there should be uprisings in the streets for Black Lives Matter. That's okay, guys. The hundreds of deaths caused this year, that is okay, because it fit a political need. It fit a political persuasiveness that was needed by the left. But the Trump supporters that stood up on the 6th, and granted, the ones that went into the Capitol building really made a mistake. But the Trump supporters that stood up on the 6th, tens of thousands of them, a hundred of them chose to um, infiltrate a building after Trump asked everybody to remain peaceful. And now Trump's the devil. It's all Trump's fault. Yet we just heard a recap from Trump's attorneys of 90% of the people, Chuck Schumer, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Brooks, screaming and yelling for violence. Now, guys, are those impeachable offenses? Can we impeach Pelosi? Can we impeach Brooks? Can we impeach Maxine Waters and Chuck Schumer? Because that's what they're trying to do here. Those are impeachable offenses, guys. You were violent. So the real question is, why aren't you on trial? We'll be back after the break. Guys, I don't even know how to express my joy right now. Um, Trump's attorney is just kicking the crud out of Congress and out of the Senate right now. I mean... He keeps throwing their own words back in their face, so much so, this is going to be the best day I've ever seen. I mean, guys, I don't care that the president's going through a second impeachment right now. We all know it's going to get washed away anyway. They will not have the votes to pass this thing. But to watch them get smeared like this with their own words is phenomenal. Now, just take a listen to this, because they're using the word fight. The House impeachment managers are trying to make Trump look evil because he used the word fight before the sixth... uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote, yeah, insurrection. Now, they're using the word fight and going, well, Trump used words to uh, trigger people. Well, guys, here's your Democrats using those same trigger words, thanks to our it attorney been used putting a video fig- together. Figuratively in political speech forever. But don't take it from me. It's best to listen to them. Our mission is to fight. Our job is to fight. We are in a fight. We are in a fight. We are in a fight. Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Democrats are standing up to fight. We know how to fight. We want a good fight. Democrats are going to fight like hell. We fight like hell. I'm going to fight like hell. I will fight like hell. We're going to fight like hell. I'm going to fight like hell. Fight like hell. challenge him in every way that we can fight in congress fight in the courts fight in the streets in the congress in the courts and in the streets there's the fight there's the fight there's the fight and then there's the fight to defend we're eager to take on this fight the american people are going to have to fight get in this fight get in this fight 
around the clock fighting. We've got to keep fighting and keep focused. We will fight when we must fight. We've been fighting, so we need to fight, but we also need to fight. It always comes in up to fight. This is going to be a fight. We always must fight. We're in the fight of our lives. And we're going to be in the fight of our life. This is the fight of our life. The fight of their lives. We are in this fight for our lives. We cannot ever give up fighting. The reality is Mr. Trump was not in any way, shape, or form instructing these people to fight or to use physical violence. What he was instructing... Guys, right there, that's it. We heard Pelosi, we heard Elizabeth Warren, we heard uh, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, um, President Reject Biden, and a whole bunch of others... Uh, Schumer, you know, just use the word fight over and over and over again in their speeches and in different instances. Now, can we impeach all of them too, please? Can we please impeach these idiots since they want to, you know, take this to a whole other level? Can we please take the money they're wasting today out of their paychecks? Can Pelosi's paycheck cover this? How about the vice president? Can the vice president's paycheck cover this? Could Cory Burke's paycheck cover the debt that you're putting us in for this fake impeachment? I'll wait. We'll see, but we're going to keep watching because we're sick and tired of the Democrats. And right here, we got proof again. They use falsities to try to win battles, and they're doing the same damn thing. All right, guys. Thanks. We'll be back after the break. So, folks, we've gone on a 15-minute recess. Schirmer just came up and asked for one after watching that video. And you'll hear the far leftist media calling this a circus. But the truth of the matter is, yesterday was a circus. Yesterday was the truth of a circus. Now that we're putting their own images back in their face, I'm hearing news commentators call the Trump team childish and inappropriate. And the truth is, the Democrats have been childish and inappropriate the entire time. This entire time this has been going on, they've been childish, they've been inappropriate, they've been unacceptable. And now, finally, now, we're getting to stand back up and say something. We're hitting Sanders, we're hitting um, Elizabeth Warren, we're hitting Biden, we're hitting Camilla Harris, we're hitting uh, Brooks, we're hitting Schumer, we're hitting all of these people. Adam Schiff, who came out and attacked the president and came out and said, he's too much, he's too much, he's too much, he's too much. And we're saying exactly what needs to be said, folks. Um, and that's exactly what the attorneys are doing in there. They're going, yo, look. And then on top of that, they pulled up the letter in this first half and said, hey, here's a letter from all these law professors calling um, Trump's actions frivolous. Now, the word frivolous in the law field means that at the end of the trial, he could be facing losing his license and impunitive damages um, by using the word frivolous. And they did ignore Supreme Court cases left and right. The left did ignore actual law with their own makeshift ideals of law to get this where they want it to be. We're seeing this time and time again throughout this impeachment hearing. The left is doing exactly as they wish. Um, they're trying to point this evil, evil, evil ac accusation of Trump being the worst thing since sliced bread at him. And they're mad because, yes, Trump again and again and again has destroyed their cronyism. We've destroyed their nepotism. We've called out Hunter Biden. We've called out a lot of these illegal activities that the left's doing. You know what? Was it right for people to storm into the Capitol? I can't agree with breaking into the Capitol, but I can say the Democrats got very little of what was coming to them. And what that means, and that's not a threat in any way, guys, is that the Democrats 
have a lot more coming their way on an election cycle basis than anything. That nobody got hurt that was a Democrat. Unfortunately, a police officer was hurt. A couple people died, and that's a sad situation that should not have happened. But the Democrats have yet to feel the true pain of what they've caused when it comes to losing seats, losing revenue, and losing you know their holding of office. It's coming. It is coming. It's coming quickly and swiftly. They've now wasted millions more dollars. They claim they want to unify the country, and then they want to persecute the leader who made them all look like idiots. You're all idiots. End of story. And we're not going to stop believing that you're an idiot just because you want to persecute President Trump time and time again. We're going to know you're idiots. We're going to know you fail at your job. We're going to know you don't belong there. Period. End of story. We'll be back after the break. Folks, the president's team is preparing to wrap up. Uh, I say the president because I don't acknowledge President Reject Biden. Unfortunately, I still feel like that was a stolen election. No, we're not going to go crazy over it, but uh, we are going to continue to talk about this. Um, This is the wrap up, guys. I just wanted to cover that with you, and I'm going to make this rather quick, and I'll end this segment of the fourth day of President Trump's second impeachment trial. On January 6th. Politics changes things. Politics has created and interposed an element that should not be here. It has interposed the element of hatred. And the political world changes when hatred becomes part of the dynamic. As we wrote in our answer, original charging document, and I hope that this is a phrase that lives on long after we are all departed, and that I hope someday this becomes the mantra by which all of us operate and work for the benefit of the public. Political hatred has no place the American justice system, and most certainly no place in the Congress of the United States. To illustrate the contrast that I'm speaking of, we have a video. You're president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. The vast majority of the protesting are peaceful. Republicans stand for law and order, and we stand for justice. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. My administration will always stand against violence, mayhem, and disorder. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. I stand for the heroes of Folks, that right there, that is an amazing closing statement. I'm not going to go any farther. I feel I don't need to. Um, I'm going to continue watching this till the end. But we have beyond proven our case. Um, We've had a great team of attorneys. Thank God President Trump hired an amazing team of attorneys to go in there and represent him today. I'm very proud of the way this went down. And I do hope in case law in the future, they refer back to exactly what his attorney said. 
Political hatred does not belong in politics, especially in the House of Congress. Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, you know, all these hateful people wonder why we dislike them. It's because they're hateful towards the American people, hateful towards our president, and hateful towards anything that can be better for us, guys. I'll be tuning out. I'll check in and give you guys the verdict next episode. Thank you.